Hello, how are you guys? Yeah, Happy New Year one more time. Um, so my name is Eric, or you can go by Brother Eric. <laughs> that makes you feel better. Um, so I'm really, really excited to, to be here this morning to, to teach from the Bible. Um, and I just want to let you know that we've been praying for you since, um, you know, for as long as we can remember. And as our prayer is that today God will provoke you, will challenge you, um, and even will empower you to, um, to, to rise up to the things that Jesus will call you to. Um, so we've been in the series of Scandalous Grace uh, last week. Uh, Brandon preached from Acts chapter 10, right, about Cornelius. Um, if you haven't listened to it, I challenge you to go listen to that message. He talked about how God gave the keys of the kingdom, right, to, to uh, Peter and the rest of the apostles and how that key uh, was used to open the door to the Gentiles and to all the world, right? That's why you and I could, could be here today. Um, I love the, the text from Acts 10, 34. So Peter opened his mouth and said, truly understand that God shows no partiality, right? There is no favoritism before the Lord. Um, today we're going to be in Acts 12, right? Kind of continuing on that. We'll go through Acts 12 and then we'll come back to Acts 11. But before I begin, um, I want to ask a question, right? Uh, Brandon really loves to ask a question. How many of you would say that you love to talk? <laughs> okay, that's good. Um, okay, let me ask a follow-up question. And, and this is not meant to, to either shame you or to condemn you, right? But just a question. How many of you would say that you love to pray? Right, okay, that's, that's good, right. Um, so we have three boys, and... Many Saturday evenings, we spend their time together praying. Before that, man, they'll be talking, right? Talking, all sorts of things. And once they hear the word was pray, what happens? <laughs> Keep quiet, right? Um, and, and so, but talking and prayer in many ways are the same sort of thing, right? It's just where the focus is, right? And, and so... I'm really going to challenge us today uh, about this concept of prayer, right? So that's kind of what we're going to be uh, talking about. So if you don't mind, let's, let's go through Acts chapter 12, right? We'll read 1 through 17. It's a very long, um, it's a very, very long verse, but there's a lot of good things in there. Acts 12. About that, about that time, Herod, the, the king, laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Verse 6. Now when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter. Peter! 
and woke him, saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And when he went out and followed him, he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord, and they went out and went along the street, and immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Ooh, now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were, were expecting. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice in her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, you are out of your mind, you know, you are cuckoo. Um, but she kept insisting that it was Peter. And, and they kept saying, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. By motioning to them with his hands to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. And he said, tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. Let's pray. Lord, would you come, Jesus? We know you are already here uh, from the songs we've sung, um, the energy in this place. Uh, Lord, we pray that you'll continue to make yourself real. Lord, that you continue to make yourself real. Lord, that the things we read from, from your word and the things we'll talk about. Lord, we pray that you provoke our spirit. Jesus, provoke our, our innermost being. Diving this year, Lord, that we have a fresh sense of determination of knowing what you can do if your sons and your daughters will draw near to you. Lord, would you come? Lord, would you come? We've, we've been praying for this day, and, and we pray, Lord Jesus, even through this message. And let us, uh, my brothers and sisters, come to pray for us that there's a visible touch of your hands, God, a visible visitation from, from on high for us. Lord, that, we, that you do a new thing in each one of us. Lord, we just honor you. Holy Spirit, we, we're dependent on you. Uh, I love it when Paul would say, our competency is not of us. Our, our confidence is not in our ability to talk or teach or pray in God. Our, our confidence is, is in you, God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. You are the one we believe. You are the one who can transform. You are the one, Jesus, who could change our situation and our, and our circumstance in our lives, in our families, and even in our, in our country, God. So all we ask that you come. Jesus, be here with us. Because if you are not, then this is just another meeting, another social gathering. That, that, that's worth nothing. But when you are, but when you are here, you draw us near to you. You speak to us. You provoke us. Even beyond that, you empower us for the things that Jesus says you will do in us and through us and, and to others, God. 
Lord, would you bless the teaching of your word? Oh, bless the teaching of your word. The entrance of your word, it brings light. It brings understanding to the simple. The, as we read your word, let it bring us health and salvation and deliverance and, and great joy and comfort in knowing that you are never late. We give you praise, Jesus. We thank you. We honor you. Uh, in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, good. So um, if you're taking notes, there are three hours um, in terms of the way I've broken down this text. Uh, today we'll spend a lot, most of the time exclusively in Acts 12, 1 through 17. Um, it's not reduce, reuse, and recycle, right? I mean, those who have it. Um, but the three hours, the first one is the reason, right? And we'll see from 1 through 4 the, the, the thought of persecution, and then the next, uh, verse 5, where I'll spend quite a bit of time, is the response, earnest and unceasing prayer. And then the third R is the result, um, which is the rescue of, of Peter. So let's, uh, let's look at the first uh, reason, right, um, which is uh, verses 1 through 4. So um, Herod, right, this Herod is Herod Agrippa I. Um, you uh, he, he reigned from A.D. 37 through 44. He's actually the grandson of Herod the Great. So, you know, the, the Herodians, they've, they've been kings for a while, and this is one of uh, his, his sons. So it, it said that he started off just excited because he killed James, and, and Brandon talked about this last week. Uh, this James is the brother of John, right? So if you can read about him in, in, in the Gospels, the, the brother of John. And his main purpose was to harass the church, to attack the church, to persecute God's people. Um, one, of the, one of the challenges Christians have today is this idea of persecution. Um, that's the trouble, right? So the church clearly, even right from the beginning, there's, there's, there's been persecution. But this guy really wanted to. Why? Because it says that it pleased the Jews, right? That people are so happy to see Christians suffer. Um, you, I know this is not on the main news, right? But you talk about Nigeria, you talk about Iran, you talk about China, Afghanistan, you know, all over the world. Even here in the United States. Coaches can't kneel anymore. Persecution all over. So there is trouble, right? There is trouble. And he went ahead and put Peter also in prison. Uh, but because it was the time of um, the festival, right, he, he, he wanted to wait the unliving bride. You can read about that in Exodus 12, right, when God had given them some things to remember, right, what what. Uh, to remember the rescue from, from slavery. So he put Peter in prison. Um, right. And, and I, I don't want you to forget, look at um, how he was in prison. Oh, this is so better. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unliving bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. Right. So these are 16 soldiers, four each on different ships. And Peter is chained to two of them. 
Why would he go to that length? Because if you read in Acts chapter 5, they had put, uh, actually Acts chapter 5, 19 through 20, they had put Peter in prison before, and God just rescued him like that. So this time he wants to really make sure that uh, not even Rambo, right, <laughs> or the Navy SEALs, or Chuck Norris, you know. <laughs> you know. None of those guys could even, if it were them, could even rescue Peter, right. So that's the situation, right? That's, that's the situation. Um, the question I want to ask you is, what troubles you right now, right? What, what troubles you? I mean, the church clearly saw what, what the situation is. Very, very bad, right? Very bad. There is no way these guys, right, who are so scared could ever rescue Peter. Not a chance. What troubles you? Right. What troubles you right now, right? What was that thing that you think it's so, so beyond God, right? Beyond anyone. And, 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 and that's where these, these brothers were, right? That's where the church was. Now let's look at verse 5, right? The response, right? Let's look at verse 5, the response. So Peter was kept... In prison, but earnest prayer, right? And the old King James will say, unceasing prayer. Earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church, right? Earnest prayer. And that's why I want to spend some time talking about earnest prayer. If, if you look at all the things that these brothers could appeal to, right? Because our first thought is, maybe let's appeal to the government. Maybe let's protest, right? Um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that, and, and I've said this before, I, you know, um, this is me though, right? Um, I, um, maybe let's protest, um, let's appeal to the Jewish leaders, let's do all of these complaints. You know, they, they didn't do any of that. In fact, this past, was it Thursday, a brother reminded me how most of the time, in, in things like that, the, the world comes to the church, not the church going to the world to complain and, and to protest and, and stuff like that. But they could have done all of that. They didn't choose that, right? Again, not, not to say that if you had a chance to, you shouldn't, right? Please, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm trying to say is our primary focus should be on the Lord. That's first and foremost, Right? If you go to the Lord first and he asks you to, I'm very happy to support you in that. And we should, we should keep that in mind. Okay, so the word earnestly, right? I, I want to give us some, some ideas as to what earnest in prayer looks like, right? Constant in prayer, unceasing prayer, sincere and intense conviction. Do you remember the time that you saw the heart of, of a friend or a spouse? Earnestly? Do you remember? Yesterday I had that with my wife, right? Uh, that, that intense conversation, right? Intense uh, sort of um, earnestly just, just, just crying out. You got to hear me in this, right? So I remember, uh, this is a few years ago, one of our sons in, in middle school wanted to keep an afro. <laughs> um, the next few weeks, right, there were a lot of intense, really, conversations between my wife and, and, and our son. 
Um, if you want to keep an afro in your hair, I'm okay with that, right? Um, so there was this back and forth for a while. And the weird thing is, one day it dawned on me that probably it's because I'm the Ababa, right? And, and so they didn't like me being the Ababa because I couldn't get the tape line right. You know, the hair is all over. Um, and so... During one of those conversations, uh, earnestly, right, almost earnestly praying, um, I said, okay, how about let's have this deal. If I don't have to do, be your baba anymore, would you change your mind about keeping an afro? So, okay, that became a deal, right? Um, that became a very good deal. But the point is, intense, intense conversations, right? And the thing is, we, we have all these kinds of conversations in our lives with people, but it's strange. We, 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 we can't seem to bring our minds to be able to have these kinds of conversations with God. I want to show us one good example in the Bible from Genesis. Genesis 18. From 20 to 33, um, so let me just read it. Genesis 18, 20 to 33. Then the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done all together according to the outcry that has come to me. And if not, I will know. So the man turned from there and went towards Sodom. But Abraham, right, please don't forget that. But Abraham still stood before the Lord, 23. Then Abraham drew near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be it from you, shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, if I find that Sodom 50 righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Abraham answered and said, behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. I, who am who but dust and ashes, suppose five of the 50 righteous are lacking, Will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 there. Again, he spoke to him and said, suppose 40 are found there. He answered, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then he said, oh, let not the Lord be angry and I will speak. Suppose 30 are found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. He said, behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 are found there. He answered, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Then he said, oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak again by this one. Suppose 10 are found there. He answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way when he had finished speaking to Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. Brothers, that's what I'm talking about, right? That's, that's, that's real prayer, right? That's 
earnest, earnest prayer. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to convey to you this morning, right? That if we would come to the Lord as God's people, right, God is ready to listen to us, but we don't want to, right? And, and you can see Abraham here pleading for, uh, for the people of Sodom, pleading for them. Again, you're back to Acts, right? If you look at Acts um, 12, 12, you realize that this is not an isolated time when they, they pray together. They were gathered and praying together. You know, we, we're not told for how long, right? We've not been told for how long they were praying. We know there were men, women, young, old, right, just meeting to pray. And there's prayer for him. And there's prayer for him, right? This is a call to corporate prayer. I want to challenge you, brothers and sisters, right? Prayer team, we still have a lot of room. You are invited to join us, right? Uh, when we have uh, worship and prayer night, right? If we have half of this room, that would be awesome, right? Prayer is not meant for some people and not for others, okay? It's meant for all of us, for all of us. Earnest, intense prayer for all of us, right? And, and I challenge you to join us, right? Worship and prayer nights. Please come and pray. It's just an hour, right? You can shut the TV off. You can shut the movie off. Join us, right? In your families, you know, you, you guys can pray. I mean, the way you talk, you can, you can pray. And, and we invite you to really join us. Again, back to that question. What troubles you right now, right? What troubles you right now? Would you commit to pray about it this year? Many times we love to complain rather than, than pray. I want to really challenge you. Even in our connect groups, right? Our connect groups, would you earnestly pray? And, and that's all the Lord is calling us to. So let's look at the results, right? From 6 through 17, back in Acts chapter 12, which describes the rescue of, of, of Peter, right? It, it so vividly describes how Peter was was rescued. Right. It, it so describes how Peter was kind of rescued. Now Herod was about to bring him out. On that very night, Peter was sleeping. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Knowing that the following day your life is going to be taken. Are you sleeping? Though you change to two gods? I mean, can, can we imagine that? What kind of peace, right? What are you fretting over right now? Why are you losing sleep and losing peace? You know, Isaiah 26, 3, you will, give, you will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you? Because you trust in him. And I love the one from Philippians 4, right? That the peace of God that transcends all understanding will keep your heart and your mind in Christ. You know why Peter could sleep? Because his security is not in everything, it's in Christ, right? That's where his security is. I can tell you if our security is on all of this stuff that the wind is blowing away, you will lack peace, right? But Peter could sleep, man. That's such, such a challenge for me, right? Such a challenge that in the midst of trouble, when he knew that he was going to be killed the day before, that he, was, he could sleep and, and sleep just so wonderfully, 
right? So it, so it goes on to describe how the angel came and the chains fell off. That's awesome, right? The chains fell off. Uh, you know, you can see the difference between dark and light, right? Uh, during our Christmas service, Brandon spoke about the light. That Peter could see the light, right? But the, the, the gods couldn't. He said, get up, right? So he got up, right? And then he, he went to the house where they were still praying, right? Is that not cool? Where they were still praying. The other thing I want to kind of really remind you briefly about, right? God is never too late, right? I know many times we want, uh, we pray about things and we want them to happen so soon. God has his timing for you. He has his timing for the things that, that burden you so much that he's never late. The night before, right? God is never too late. So Peter went um, and, and told them, and, and, and guys, this is the thing. He was knocking at the door, and this young girl rode her, right? Just hearing his voice, knew that, oh, that's Peter. And the guys are praying, and they can't believe, right? <laughs> that's so, so cool to see. That they can't really believe what the praying could happen, because it's just so impossible. Let me make this point, though. So we've been talking about grace, right? Scandalous grace. Scandalous grace. That they pray and do not believe, but God does it in a way. That's God's grace, right? That's God's grace. You know, like I'm standing here and you think, oh, that guy, he's perfect, he's great, he's good. No, not at all, right? Not at all. God's grace does for us what we can do for ourselves. Brandon will say all the time, right? Here, the church leaders, right? Don't forget that. The church leaders praying and, and praying, earnestly praying, unceasingly praying all night and still can't believe that God could do what they're asking him to do. But God does it anyway. That's, that's just, I mean, that's so encouraging to me, right? That's so encouraging to me because um, a few of us get together to pray every Thursday morning, uh, we're going to shift it to Friday morning. And we pray about some big things, right? We pray, for instance, that revival will start here in Connection Church and spread to the nations. We pray that uh, as, as a body of Christ, right, that we'll experience some of the things that we've been talking about in, in the book of Acts, that there'll be unity in the church, right, um, can you imagine the day comes when you look to your left or right or behind you and there's somebody of a different race? I'm not trying to scare you, right, but to prepare you for heaven because that's how heaven is going to be like. Where there's not necessarily a white church or a black church or an Asian church or a Latino church, right? Those are big stuff. Those are big stuff. And we pray, for instance, that God's name will continue to be lifted up across the nations, right? You put together Asia, more than three billion people. Not that many know Christ, right? China is a billion plus. India, a billion plus. Europe, that used to be where the church was so alive, is about dead when it comes to Christ. And as a nation, we're not too far from that. We pray for those stuff. That everyone who comes to Connection Church, right, I mean, will, will, will experience Christ in a way that they've never experienced him before. 
So we pray for these things. But you know, um, sometimes I can, I can confess that it sounds silly. It, it sounds like, Lord, would, would these things ever be? Would, would they ever happen, right? How about you? Right, I mean, how about you? The marriage that seemed to be all dead. The son or daughter who does not want to speak with you or have anything to do with God, though you took him or her to church while they were young. The depression that just don't seem to go away. It doesn't matter what counselors do, whatever they tell you, it just doesn't seem to break, right? Or the sickness that it doesn't matter what happens, doctors can figure it out. Can I challenge you? Would you commit to prayer, right? How about the politicians, right? I know we love to complain about all these politicians. Would we commit to prayer, right? Would you trust the Lord to, to, to pray that Jesus might, might do something? Because I can tell you, you don't have to believe what you pray. God's grace shows us that he could still do something, right? Uh, Ephesians 3, that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond what we ask or we think. Would you commit to pray this year? Right? That's my challenge for all of us. Would you commit to trust the Lord in, in these things? And let me say this. It is not your lack of faith that counts, but it is the object of your faith. Right? It is not your lack of faith that counts. It's the object of your faith. Because he said if it's even as small as a mustard seed, that's good enough for God. Right? That's so good enough for him. And my, my challenge for you and for all of us as God's people is that we, we look at these brothers and sisters who, though they didn't necessarily believe what they were praying for, right? That they don't necessarily believe what they were praying for, they still prayed anyway. That's the good news about it, right? That's the grace, that they still prayed anyway, right? And, and that's, that's the, 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 one, the beauty of it. Um, I want us to spend the next uh, few minutes praying, Right, and I've asked some of our brothers and sisters on the prayer team to come pray for us. While they're praying, keep your eye on the Lord. Right, uh, these these brothers and sisters, they love you guys. We meet to pray. They pray for you. They they pray for our church. They pray for our nation. And so they'll come pray for us. Right, I I, I want you to keep your eye on the Lord. I agree with them as as they pray uh, that God might might move. Uh, also, while they're praying, we, you know, you're welcome to come, so we'll pray with you, right? We have other, other brothers and sisters. Uh, we'll put on masks, and, and we'll pray with you guys. So, Chris, you can. All right, if y'all would, bow your heads in prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you this morning with repentant hearts, Father. We ask that you would move mightily among us this morning, Lord, that you would move in our nation. 
Lord, that you would do wonderful things in our nation, Father. Even as we go through these times of uncertainty, when we don't know what your plan is, Lord, let us remember that your plan is perfect. Always bring it to the forefront of our mind, Lord, all the things that you have done for us, Father. And let us keep our trust in you that no matter what happens, Lord, that we keep our eye on you, Father God, that you are the prize that we're looking for, Lord. We don't, we don't keep our hope and faith in men, in presidents, or anything of this world, Lord, that, that our hope is in you, that our hope is in the return of Jesus Christ. Lord, and we just look forward to that glorious day when you come and deliver us from the evil that's in this world, Father. So, Lord, this morning I just ask that you would move in every person's heart here, Lord. That you would remind us of the things you've done. That you would strengthen us. That you would empower us, Father, to, to be bold. Lord, that we would have the boldness of Peter, Lord, up into the death to be able to speak your glorious word and truth to love those in love around us. Lord, that we would, no matter where we're at, Lord, whether we're at work or whether we're at home, or whether we're with our family, Lord, that, that those that need prayer, Lord, that we would, we would be bold enough to go up and to pray with them, Father God, that we would, as your people, Lord, that we would lay our hands on the people that are sick, Father, that we would pray for them, Father, that we would have intercessory prayer for those that don't know you, Father God, that we would, we would call souls to you, Father. Lord, we know there's nothing we can do, Father, but we know that... Your Holy Spirit is the one that calls people, Lord, and you use us to bring people to you, Father. So I just pray today that you would empower all of us, Lord, to be able to pray for those around us, that you would make us prayer warriors, Father, that you would write your scriptures to our heart in order that we could pray those scriptures into our life and into the lives of those people around us, Lord, that, that your scriptures are true, Father, and if we do pray those into our life, Lord, that, that miraculous things happen, Father. Lord, and we just thank you so much, Lord. I pray that you will be magnified in the lives of every person here, Father. And Lord, my, my most, the most important thing this morning, Father, is if there's someone here that does not know you today, Lord, that you would stir their heart right now, Father, that you would stir their spirit. Lord, and that they would have the boldness to come up here and let one of us pray with them this morning, Father God. That's the most important thing. That's the most important thing to me, Lord, is to see people come to you, Father. And I just pray that if there's someone here that doesn't know you today, Lord, that today would be the day that you would call them into your family, Lord, that you would adopt them as a son or a daughter into your family, Lord, that you would forgive them for their sins, Lord, cause them to fall on their face, Lord, and beg for mercy and ask for repent, that they would repent, and, and turn and run to you, Lord. Run into your loving arms, Father. Lord, I thank you for all that you've done in my life and all that you've done in the lives of those around me, Lord. Be, mag be magnified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we just come before you this morning and we just thank you for this day and everything that you do for us. We just lift you up. We love you so much. We glorify you. We magnify you. 
I pray that you will bring every person in this room and watching online, Lord, closer to you, Lord. I pray that you will put an urgency in their heart, Lord. I pray that you will give them the boldness to be obedient to your word and to what you are speaking into their life, Lord. We know that sometimes we have a fear of what you're calling us to do, Lord. But I just pray that you give us your strength, Lord, and that you push us in the direction that you want us to go. I pray for a hand of protection over every person, that all sickness will just dissipate, that you will heal every person that is sick, and that you will continue to make us who you created us to be. I pray that you will give us the strength to stand firm on your word, to spread your truth to others, Lord, that we will be the light for you, that you will give us opportunities, Lord, to share your word with others, and that you will make us more aware of those situations, for we know that we have busy lives, and it's hard to slow down to show others your love, but I pray that you will Give us those opportunities, Lord, to show others your love because you are so good to us when we don't deserve it. I pray that you will take um, every person in this room and just put your love in their spirit, that your Holy Spirit will just wash over them and that you will continue to lead us and guide us in the right direction. And ask all these things in your heavenly name. Amen. We've been sitting for a while. Would you mind, if you can, stand up with me? Lord, we continue to pray this morning. We thank you that you are here. We thank you that it's only you that can take fearful people who lock themselves up in a room and pour your spirit upon them and then turn them into empowered wild people for your name. And yes, Lord, that is what you want to do with us. We may not know how to pray, but you teach us how to pray. This morning, we are uniting with the disciples as they ask you, teach us how to pray. And thank you that you are doing it. I thank you, Father, that Lord Jesus, you are doing that in us. For that we, we come against doubts, we come against doubts, disbelief, those silly voices that like to make us believe that when we pray, you don't hear it. Your word tells us that even if us, being humans, know how to give good things to their children, how much more will our Heavenly Father not answer when we call? So this morning, 
We pray in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, descend greatly upon us. We pray, descend upon us. Descend, descend, descend heavily. Let your power break through those doubts in the name of Jesus and help our unbelief and increase our desire and increase our resolution to press in towards you, Lord, that as we enter, as we continue in this year, in the name of Jesus, you will make prayer warriors out of us. You will make us, Lord Jesus, people that are quick to call on your name because your word says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are saved. Your word says that when we call on the name of the Lord, you said he will answer, Lord. And you are a faithful God and a covenant-keeping God. You will not promise and not fulfill it. And so, Lord, once again, this morning we are praying. Should every anybody be here with any sickness, we pray your healing power begin to make whole. Heal your people, Lord. Heal. Let the power of healing flow through us this morning in the name of Jesus. Heal from depression. Heal psychologically. Heal emotionally. Heal physically. Break any chains of the enemy that holds us captive in the name of Jesus. And we pray for those who are sick, Father, of COVID right now, those laying in the beds, those at home. We are praying, Jesus, that the power of healing will penetrate the core of their heart, break through their lungs, break down mucus. In the name of Jesus, let your power increase their saturation or oxygen saturation. We are praying in Jesus' name. Let medications that are being given do the work they are supposed to do. And we pray against Lord Jesus, any negative impact of medication Release your angels into the hospitals. Release your angels at homes right now. In the name of Jesus, we cry out to you that you heal our land. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name and resist the power behind the sickness. You said we should resist the enemy and he will flee. We bind the demons behind the spread of this disease. We pray healing, Lord. We pray healing, Lord. We pray healing, Lord. We pray your comfort for those who are mourning. Those who are mourning, Lord, comfort. Bind hearts, hold hearts, Lord. Stand a hope in you, Jesus. You are here. We thank you that we are not living the same, but we are living filled with your spirit. We are living with hope. We are living with joy because you have loved us. For we know whom we have believed. We are persuaded that he's able to keep us against that day. You are able to keep us through this year and beyond. We love you, Lord. We honor you, even in Jesus' name. Amen.